Why is it the same repetitive mistakes continue to rob salespeople of more commission checks, regardless of industry, size of company, or region of the globe? These same inhibitors are holding us back from reaching our full potential. Amongst many industry awards, Ian Selby achieved the accolade of top salesperson in the world at Apple. And in this podcast, he will discuss the issues that sales professionals encounter from his own experiences, confessing to the problems he has endured and how he overcame them, giving the benefit of his wisdom to everyone listening who work in the world of sales. To help you, he will reveal strategies to overcome the issues hurting salespeople and helping you reach new levels of sales success. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With your host, Ian Selby. Welcome to Confessions of a Sales Pro. My very special guest this week is a woman named Alice Hyman, founder and chief sales energizer at with Alice Hyman LLC. Alice Hyman LLC was launched in 1997 in Reno, Nevada by Alice Hyman to help privately held companies under $100 million in revenue grow their sales through implementation of sales strategy and tactics. Prior to launching Alice Hyman LLC, Alice was a consultant at Miller Hyman Inc., working with sales forces at Fortune 500 companies, including Coca-Cola, Dow Chemical, Hewlett Packard, Fidelity Investments, and John Deere. As chief sales energizer, Alice is internationally known for her expertise in elevating sales and increased valuation for companies with B2B sales that have exceptional growth potential. Spending her time strategizing with CEOs, company leaders, and their sales leadership to build the strategies that find new business and grow existing accounts is her passion. Her clients love her spirit and the way she energizes their sales organization. She's also the host of her own very popular podcast, Sales Talk for CEOs. The focus of this week's session is on Alice's podcast. Alice, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm always excited to talk about sales, especially as it applies to the CEOs and leaders of companies. That's fantastic. I know you're so busy with, uh, with your own podcast and business back on the rails. Um, so, again, thanks on behalf of our listeners for taking the time to, I'm sure, drop some nuggets of value on the road for us all. Uh, CEO, you know, their job is often thought of as to manage, you know, from the top down. What is the CEO's role in sales, Alice? Yeah, well, this, it's an interesting thing, Ian, because the CEO always has a role in sales. Now, that role may change from when they're a founder to when we have a mature company that has a chief revenue officer in place. Um, and now I'm not talking about, uh, you know, $50 billion, you know, um, Fortune 500 companies right now. I'm talking about companies that are owner-led and investor-backed, you know, that are typically under $500 million. Um, but I do believe that in every company, the CEO always has a role in sales even at a Fortune uh, 500 company, because there are always large clients whose CEOs will want to know the CEO and have that relationship. But thinking about these smaller companies that I work with, um, when, they, when this, these people start their companies, 
and uh, you know the founders one of them becomes the ceo they have founder-led sales and that's fantastic and they do all the selling whether they know anything about selling or not but you know founders have that magic powder that makes people open their doors and let them in to talk to them and so they get in and they talk and learn and and they do their first sales and then they move on to you know hiring some people who will do the selling and hiring sales managers and sales VPs and then eventually uh, chief revenue officers and the like. Um, but as that happens, the role changes for the CEO. So at first the CEO is the seller, then they're the sales manager and they're still involved, you know, in some of the deals. And then, you know, they get a sales manager who can orchestrate things better. And then they're just brought in as needed but as the company grows and matures, the CEO's role should become evangelist. They're out there with thought leadership in their industry. They're on podcasts. They're writing articles. They're on LinkedIn. And they're really just promoting the thought leadership that will draw people to them to learn about their company. Uh, they should also be available for the sales team as needed uh, with you know, valuable information that the sales team needs to learn or for the sales team to position them with senior leaders of the companies that they're trying to sell to. Um, you know, there's some other things that CEOs can do also to help with sales, but I think really the most important thing is for them to just think about how do we support sales in winning? How do we support our customer in buying? And when they have those kinds of high-level conversations with their leadership team, they will always be thinking about sales, strategizing about sales, and making it easier for the customer to buy from them. Wonderfully said, Alice. I, I really like what you said about always staying involved in the sales uh, DNA of the company, thought leadership, brilliant idea, getting published, getting on podcasts, you know, do, doing uh, many of these things to continually be at the, at the forefront and be available to salespeople. I, I've always, in my corporate days before I went on my own, I used to love leveraging the CEO of a company I worked for at the time it was Apple uh, to, to help me call higher in the account because you're absolutely right. CEOs will take a call from a fellow CEO. So there's some great leverage uh, with that going on and supporting sales and winning. I mean, that says it all. What salespeople out there today would not value a leader that is in the same game with them, rowing the boat together? I think the, the, way, you, the way you nailed it, uh, Alice, is wonderfully said. You know, when you think about it, um, I, I guess there's some people that haven't made that transition. So, so when you say, uh, could you be preventing sales? What do you mean with that? Yeah, I often ask sales uh, CEOs and sales leaders and company leaders if they might be preventing sales, and they always look at me funny. But when you think about some of the things that leadership teams do, uh, it often does prevent sales. Uh, there are things they could be doing that they're not even aware of. So they might be um, allowing a department to slow sales down. For example, many companies have contracts that have to go through legal. And legal seems to always be a bottleneck. 
they're busy, they have, you know, many things to do, many salespeople asking them to review contracts. Well, that's fine, but when it takes two, three, or four weeks to get a contract through legal, that is not making it easy to sell. It's not making it easy to be your customer either, because once the customer gets your revision, they have to send it back to their legal. So this can really lengthen the sales cycle on a complex sale. So we need to be really careful um, about these kinds of things. And a lot of times the leadership team is looking at sales and saying, hey, why aren't we getting results? Maybe you're not doing things, you know, the way you should or do more of this, do less of that. Um, but they also need to look and see what roadblocks are in the way for the sellers and take those roadblocks away so that the salespeople can get their contracts through legal, for example, in a shorter period of time. Sometimes the things that will get in the way also are mindset. So the CEO or the leadership team has a mindset around sales that isn't allowing the salespeople to move forward. They may think that a certain type of activity like cold calling is what should be done. And they may ask salespeople to make more cold calls when right now cold calls are not what's working in order to get uh, our ideal prospects engaged with us. So we need to allow the sales leaders and the salespeople to do more modern selling and do things that will get the customers engaged with us. So these are the types of things that can be preventing sales that you might not even realize. Also, sometimes departments don't work very well together. And when departments don't work well together, um, it can stall sales. And the sales leader might be trying to work with their peer to get everybody to work better together, but it's not happening. So leadership has to get involved at that point and help make things work more smoothly. So those, those are some examples of when we could be preventing sales. Absolutely. And, and I love how you framed it. It's, it's almost like identify the sales prevention centers in the company That's right. and remove them. Like, like get, get, change them. I, I mean, there's certain things that legal is a good example, Alice, where legal has to do its job. Uh, otherwise, you know, the company's at risk. So, but find right. a way to streamline that so that it can move quicker and not prevent sales from happening. I also like what you said about removing roadblocks. And it could be a mindset. It, it could be just thinking of, wait a minute, that used to work 20 years ago. Maybe not so much anymore. Um, and the interdepartmental right. conflicts, right? Those, those can slow things down. And it, it just, you know, we've got to get all the ducks going in the same direction. I think that's kind of part of what you're, what you're getting at with that. Um, so what does the leadership team need to know about sales growth? Yeah, I think what leadership teams need to know today is that sales will not grow the same way that it grew in the past. So things have changed. COVID really has changed the way people are behaving. I mean, buyers still make decisions in the same way. The human brain still works the same way when I have to make a decision but our behavior has changed in the amount of information we take in and what we do with that information and at what point we contact the people that we want to buy from. 
So if you want sales growth, don't think that it's going to happen in the same way that it happened in years past. It may be quite different. And the other thing is that most companies think about sales or the people in the companies, the leadership teams, they think about sales as being about the sellers. When in fact, today, sales is about the buyer and how the buyer wants to buy from you. So we have to understand the journey that that buyer takes between the time they know you exist and can solve their problem to the time they purchase from you and continue purchasing and become your loyal customer. That entire journey has to be mapped. And if you want sales growth, you need both. You need more business from existing customers and you need more new customers. So you have to understand the journey all the way through the process. It's not enough to just bring in new customers, close them, and then leave them on their own. We have to nurture those relationships and grow them and expand uh, our capabilities within them so that we can get that sales growth. So as a leadership team sitting around thinking about sales growth, stop thinking and focusing on the sellers and start focusing on the way the customer wants to buy, which will then include many more people in your organization touching the customer at different points in their journey and making it easy for that customer to buy from you. Love what you said there, Alice. Getting on the other side of the desk, like think about the buyer. What's their preferences today? You're right, COVID's changed a lot of things. The buyer has probably changed some ways they want to go through the process with us. So getting on the other side of the desk, I really like what you said about mapping the modern sales journey because it has evolved. It is different. And uh, not just saying, pick up the phone, make more calls, we'll be fine. You're right. We've got to grow the base while looking for the new at the same time. And not every salesperson is actually good at that. that that's a, there's two different sets of skills going on for hunting versus hunting on the farm. And so that needs to be addressed as well in, in, in today's new modern uh, selling environment. There's no doubt about that. Can you please talk about why it is important that the CEO understands how to make it easier for their customer and harder on their competitors. Yeah, so it's, this is, again, something I say all the time. I'm like, what are you doing today to make it easier to be your customer and harder to be your competitor? And that really makes people pause. They're like, hmm. Wow, I don't know. I don't think I've done anything today to make it easier to be my customer. Well, so that's, that's something to think about then because what we want to do is um, always make that customer journey easy and make it flow towards us, especially with so many competitors in the marketplace. There's rarely ever a company that has no competitors. And even if you have no exact competitor, you're competing for dollars that could be used to do something else. So there's always something. Or lately, you're competing with do nothing. It's like, right. well, we're, we just decided to do nothing. You know, we're not going to make a change. Okay. So, you know, it's an exercise in change management. So knowing that, knowing that um, making it easier to be your customer 
is helping them make a decision and helping them differentiate you from all their comp- all the competitors, uh, helping them solve their problem, knowing those things is going to make it easier. And you've got to keep your eye on that. So your job as a senior leadership team, your job as a CEO is to remove the friction from the buying process. And that's what makes it easier to be your customer. And whenever it's easier for them to buy from you than it is to buy from them the competitor, you get most of the deals. That's so wonderfully said. Remove the friction in the, in the buying process for the customers. Like paving the road that you are the place to go versus the uncertainty of, of, of what's out there. And change management. I, you're right. Sometimes we're competing with you know, like-minded uh, uh, competitors in the marketplace. Sometimes we're competing with do nothing. Sometimes we're competing with we're going to solve it ourselves with internal resources instead of outsourcing. So there's always a competitive threat on, uh, on every deal. So understanding that, getting into the customers, you know, making that customer journey easier, great way to differentiate uh, for any sales organization. Love what you said on that, Alice, for sure. Now, you're a fellow podcaster, and uh, I love talking to other podcasters. Um, tell me a little bit more, and our, and our listeners, about your podcast, Sales Talk for CEOs. Yeah, thanks for asking about that. That's one of my favorite projects these days because I get to talk to lots of CEOs and learn their journey from whatever they were doing to I've started a company and now I have to build a sales organization and, you know, drive some revenue. (laughs) So it's always interesting to hear those stories. And what I do on my podcast is find CEOs of companies who have, you know, they may be just at the beginning, maybe three to five years, or they have been the founder and CEO for 20 years. And they share their journey. So I take them back, you know, to when they first started their company and what that looked like and what prompted them to start. And then who did the selling the beating, which is almost always the founder, and how they moved through to hiring their first salespeople, their first sales leaders, and growing up that sales organization and everything else that they may have done with customer success and marketing to draw the customer to them and become successful. So I get to have those conversations uh, frequently. The podcast is called Sales Talk for CEOs, and that's exactly what it is. I talk to CEOs about sales and CEOs and other senior leaders who support CEOs listen and get great ideas and hear fun stories. And, uh, you know, they can laugh at, at the stories because they know some of those happen to them too. So it's the good, the bad, and the ugly um, of the CEO's journey to building a sales organization and increasing their sales. Fantastic topics. I, I love talking to people about uh, their journey, just like you're, you're talking about with in the beginning, here's, here's what, how we used to do it. We, we won our first deal because of this. And then I had to hire a salesperson. I like those, those experiences. Uh, it's wonderful that you're, you're doing a podcast on that. And I'm sure our listeners can find your podcast on all the platforms. Once again, out there, folks, sales talk for CEOs. Um, so, Alice, you, you stimulated a lot of thought and a lot of interest and intrigue. And certainly myself and I'm sure my, our listeners share that. How can our listeners best reach out 
to get a hold of you? Yeah, well, my website's alicehyman.com, so that's easy. And I'm always on LinkedIn, and I love when people contact me on LinkedIn and tell me that they heard me on a podcast. So let me know that you heard me with Ian, and I'd love to connect with you. That's fantastic. Again, Alice, thank you dearly for taking the time uh, uh, with your experience and, and your energized. I love your, your, your tag, Chief Sales Energizer. Thank you so much, Alice. Oh, you're welcome. Have a great day. And thank you for listening to Confessions of a Sales Pro. If you have found this episode informative and helpful, we would be honored and appreciative if you would share this podcast with other great salespeople like yourself. And we look forward to you joining us for all new episodes weekly, every Thursday. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. If you'd like us to help you grow your sales commissions, visit us at salesmentoryou.com. Confessions of a Sales Pro. Lessons, more wins. With Ian Selby.